Dr. Maria here, Real Nerds Real. Get ready to enjoy part three of this amazing life story from the bottom to the top with Brother Kenneth Matthew. God bless you and good afternoon to Bermuda and good afternoon to the world. <laughs> we are so glad that you have joined us. You know, we've been communicating and sharing concerning a real life story, uh, the story and the account of the life story, his story, our deacon in training, Brother Kenneth Matthew, um, really becomes speechless when it comes to how do I describe what I've heard? Intriguing or inspiring God. <laughs> that puts a cap on it right there, God. And so we are in part three. And we'll see how far we get today. We don't want to rush the story. It's, it's rich. So again, we invite you to be blessed and tune in continuously. Very shortly, we'll be meeting our guest. I want to offer hope. And that is you can never go so far down that God does not provide a way up. You cannot disappoint to such a place or to an extent where God won't extend his hand. Amen. I think I think God and Christianity is the best kept, you know, kept secret. It's right out there. Yet we need you to believe and to know. That's why God provides people such as our deacon in training, Matthew, because he's been there. It's not my story. It's his story. I don't have the personal experience, but I am connected to a man of God that has the experience and I can benefit from it, meaning I can share it with you, share it with Bermuda, the world, because it's all about what Jesus can do. So, ladies and gentlemen, without any further delay, uh, Deacon and Training Matthew, God bless you, sir. Good evening. First of all, I'd like to give honor to God, to my Savior, Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to share my story one more time, Pastor. Amen. And how are you this evening? Doing well. We're here with you and to see what God has done and what he's yet going to do. And so, Brother Matthew, thank you again for availing yourself to share your story. Not everyone would. And you have done the brave, honorable thing. And we thank you. Thank you. You know, Pastor, it's not really easy sometimes to share some of the things that have happened in my life. And um, some people say, well, why did you share that? Or why? Because... You know, my life, the way I look at it today, you know, it's beyond anything that I could have imagined. You know, God has brought me such a long way. So I want to try to help someone else. It's not always about me. It's about someone else. Since the last two broadcasts, you know, people have walked up to me and they've said to me, you know, wow, you know, you've been to that. You know, I, I really want to hear more. Or how did you do it? Or, or things like that. And, and um, one lady in particular that is cousins to my grandmother who has passed and you often hear me share about my grandmother who took me to church who who helped with my foundation and that's miss james from up in somerset she watches your program quite often pastor and she saw me on there and she said i just brought tears to her eyes she was so overjoyed because she knew when i was out there and um, she said she how she used to pray for me because she knew she knew my people you know and she's a distant distant aunt of mine you know, she's related to the James, she's related to the Matthews. So that really filled my heart. You know, it, it's reaching out and all because of you, Pastor, doing the work 
that you're doing. And I have, I am so privileged. And sometimes I well up. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I well up because it's, it's over joy and it's tears of joy. It's not tears of sadness. You know, it's coming under your tutelage. You know, it's just giving me this gracious opportunity to share my story that probably would have been stifled or would have been, you know, put in some box. And, and when I'm dead and gone, someone might have talked about it, but it gives me the opportunity because um, it is so important that I know that my young brothers and sisters need to get off of drugs and, and turn their life around and, and, and praise God, you know, because, you know, someone yesterday uh, um, said to me when, when I was eating dinner with some of my family members, they said, no sacrifice, no success. And 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 that was a, a prominent woman of God who said that to me, you know, and um, and, I, and I and I stopped and I thought about what they said about no sacrifice. So that means that, you know, we have to sacrifice some things in life. We've got to give up some things in life in order to have success. And part of my story, it's disclosed in a general way what it used to be like, what happened and what it is like now. We've went through the parts of what it used to be like. When I was out there, you know, in the gang world and the drug world, and, you know, in the prostitution world and, 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 and all that, we, we understood that then what, what happened, how I, how I went into a, a detox and a rehab and, and, you know, things started to happen. And I, and I started to draw that, that, that correlation of the caterpillar and the butterfly. And I said how the caterpillar rolls around in the muck and the murk and how he goes into his cocoon and that metamorphosis start to happen. And that was my rehab. And I started speaking about that. And, and I'm going to bring it on to the part about where the butterfly is. Right. But the butterfly is going to come a little bit later because we need to get to some more meat and potatoes, as, as they would say. You know, and, and part of the meat and the potatoes was that, you know, it's it was not easy, you know, going through all what I was going through, because psychologically I was still going through a whole lot of trauma, a whole lot of shame and guilt and remorse and and all those things that were still are plaguing me at the time that I was going through this. Even though I was no longer in my rehab, I was still searching. See, you know, uh, a book by, by Bob and Bill Wilson says it best. It says, acceptance is the answer to all my problems there. When I'm disturbed because I find some person, place, thing, or situations unacceptable to me. And it goes on and says, right? Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake until I accept that. Until I accept that God knows best. You know, God knew all what was happening to me all that time. And, and I couldn't accept it. I, could, I thought that I could do it because, see, my thinking was so messed up. You know, I, I, I say that, you know, I had to turn my will and my life over to God. And my will was my thinking. See, my thinking was so twisted, so crooked, so backwards that I used to say to myself, you know, one snore weren't enough to take two. Or one drink wouldn't make me feel a little bit good, two would make me feel better. That was my thinking. My thinking was so, see, so I was going through that, that, that metamorphosis. All that part was had to change, and, and I didn't know how to change it. You know, I needed some outside help. I needed somebody, somebody to tell me, somebody to guide me, somebody to lead me, somebody to direct me. You know, and I often had I often searched out for a lot of people who were in authority, some people who were in authority who, who understood. But, you know, not until I really seeked out the people of God, uh -huh. because until I seeked out those people, those people knew something. And, you know, it, it, it came to me yesterday when I was somebody said, you know, what the word and they gave me this passage and they said, you know, God works in mysterious ways and wonders to perform. 
and the wonders that he performed, he performs them so miraculously, they call them miracles. We call them miracles. But the part that struck me the most was when they said, God does it suddenly. Wow. Suddenly. You know, the Bible says he does it suddenly. When we don't expect it, that's when God does it. And that's what he did with me. He changed my life suddenly. All after all that I went through, he changed my life. And I started to see what I needed to see. I started to walk in the right direction. I started to, my wheel was my thinking. My thinking was twisted, like I said. So I had to think better, act better, do better, be better. Yes. I had to change my life. I couldn't go around them same old people, places, and things because I'll get them same old results. You know, when a baby is a baby, you don't give a baby meat. You still give it milk. I'm a deacon in training. I'm under your tutelage, Pastor. I can't go out there and do the work as a, as a full-fledged deacon. I need the training. That's, see, and, and that's the same thing that was happening when I was in my rehab to my silver house. Out there. I needed training. I needed guidance. I needed tutelage. And I'm saying all this to say that, you know, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. What it's like now is I'm still in training because we need it. And I need and I have you as my shepherd. You know, and, and that's what I, I, I explain to people today. They say, well, how did you just stop? How did you just stop? You know, it really not of just stopping. I did stop. Yes. Because, see, you know, I often tell people they say clean and sober. I say, yeah, clean means my body's just absent from any mind or mood or to a substance. But sober means soundness of mind. See, I need my mind to be right. Because if my mind's not right, my body ain't going to act right. My spirit ain't going to be right. I'm not going to be comfortable within myself. I'm going to still try to fill that hole that's inside of me with all those other things. But when I found Jesus Christ, he filled my soul. That's, and, and, and people sometimes say, well, but you know, I just, I said, well, listen. Easy does it, but do it one day at a time. I said, we live today. You know, I, I can't change my past, but I sure enough can change my future. And that's what I that's what I often tell a lot of young men that come to me and, and, and articles that I, I've written and, and articles that they've written about me and in the Royal Gazette and the Sun Times and things like that. It said, get off of drugs, ASAP. And the reason why I said that is because if you're still using drugs, you can't think straight. You can't act right. You can't do right. You can't be right because you're all clouded up. And that's the same thing. And, and I got to bring it back home because we're talking about this marijuana thing. If it's clouded up, you can't see, you can't act, you can't do right. I got to keep it real because, see, I know what it did to me. And what it did to me, it took me down the wrong path, doing the wrong things, getting old pain, misery and suffering. And today I don't suffer no more. Today I'm not having pain anymore. Today I'm living life on life's terms. I'm living life beyond my wildest dreams. You know, today I don't I don't I don't have to uh, uh, sell things that I that I don't have or things that I have that I value. I don't have to sell them or give them away for another hit or another drug or another smoke or another joint or another snore. I remember one time I sold a truck for twenty five dollars. I had twenty five dollars to get a hit. You know. I, I often remember some of those things that, and not that I, I'm always want to go back and tell the parts of the horror, but see, if I don't tell the parts of the horror, you can't understand the parts of the pleasure, the parts of the future, the parts that are joyous and happy and free. And that's what I have today. Happy, joyous and free. 
free from any of all those old things that used to plague me and pull me down, free from all those things that, that messed me up, that tore me up, free from all those things that had me looking like a rat, smelling like a skunk, free from all that, you know, free from the fact that I remember one time, Pastor, and this, my mother's past, God bless her, my mother's past, I remember one time my mother wouldn't even let me in the house and I was hungry, she fed me through the door, I'm free from that today. I have to tell these things because, see, people need to know, you know, they need to know that that there is success once you sacrifice. Once you turn your will and your life over to your care of God, I don't care how far down that scale you've gone. Intuitively, I can tell you that you can come back. Intuitively, I can tell you God can bring you back from the brinks. I know because I did it. I know because God did it with me. I know because as I knelt on my knees night after night after night after night after night, praying and asking God, suddenly he did it for me. And I know he can do it for someone else because I'm nobody special. I'm a child of the king. I believe that in my heart. But I know he can do it for someone else too. Take a moment to ask you that word suddenly seems to be the key word I hear you saying. And that sounds to me like there were healing moments, but it was a miracle. Yes. A sudden release. Once you accepted it in your mind, that's when it happened. So there had to be something to counteract the mind altering drugs had to be when your mind got made up and God empowered you to move suddenly to another place of change. Absolutely. You know, and, and I am using the word suddenly because, you know, it happened like that. You know, and I, I started to allude to it uh, in, in part two where I said how I woke up one morning and I knew without a doubt that I was not going to use drugs no more. It was, that, that was like, I knew that was a miracle right there. I couldn't tell, I couldn't go, I said, this is a miracle. This, but I knew within me, I knew because, like I said, suddenly I knew that was all over. The drug part was over. It was finished. It was wrapped. It was capped. It was packed away. <laughs> I knew that. But I knew that. I, I knew I still had to creep in the right direction. I still had to be around the right people because the right influence. Because I also knew that the demons were still not far behind. And, you know, like I said to you, I read Bible from cover to cover. And I remember in the Bible where it said, you know, when that house is clean, them demons, seven of them will come back. I didn't want them to come back because I don't know if anyone can really understand truly what I'm trying to say. The worst imprisonment, and I spoke about me being in prison, but the worst imprisonment was the demons in my head. The worst imprisonment was the addiction side that ate at me day and night and sleep and wake and walking and talking. You know, those, those were the demons that I didn't want to come back because they were a live horror. And I'm going to show you how, how, how I used to hallucinate because I, I need to tell these parts of the story. I was in Massachusetts and, and I lived in Massachusetts and, you know, I, 
friend of mine that was my roommate raised Persian cats and we had some Persian kittens and they was in the room and, and I was in the room there getting high one night. And, and while I was there getting high, you know, my mind started to look and I had my belts, they were all on the floor and I, I didn't know my belts and my neckties and all that was laying on the floor. And I, because when you, when you're getting high, you're, you're messy. You can't, you can't keep nothing clean. You know, you're just junky. Right. And, and as I started to hallucinate, I saw the ties and, and, and the belts, they look like snakes, and, I, and I'm paranoid of snakes. So I, I, I said, oh, these snakes are going to get me. And I gripped the little kitten up, and I threw the kitten out, figuring that the snakes would eat the kitten, and I could run out the room. That's how crazy it was for me. And I'm showing how crazy it was. The drugs had me hallucinating, had me way out of my mind. I mean, I could have done things that I was never aware of. Suddenly, he restored my thinking. He restored my soul. You know, the words of yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because I walked in the shadow of death. I was, walk- I was, a, I was a zombie walking. I was a zombie walking. Sometimes I just I just look back on that and I just I just drop to my knees and I thank God for it because I know that today my life is so much changed that the the feeling, the obsession and desire to use drugs is totally been lifted. And, and, and I just say, you know, that's the best thing that ever happened to. More than any money, more than my my wife, more than anything was the best thing that ever happened to me. Peace of mind. Peace of mind. God is so good, so awesome. Because I, I, I and I gotta say this, and I gotta say this to anyone that's listening, I couldn't do it without God. And I can't sustain it without God. Because sustainability is the ultimate. Amen. Everybody's tuned in, I think mesmerized. Uh, just so good to see folks that are tuning in. So folks are, are hearing. I'm glad because this permits me to then share it with Bermuda. And put it on YouTube where the world can view it. And so your labor, your lostness, your lack of ability has all come out to work for your good. And for my good. And for the good of others. And that's the way God works. We don't want people to give up because it's in the getting up that they give as they never thought they had the ability to. When you were going through a hallucination and you know, seeing belts as snakes, that torment was meant to trick you and stifle anything that we're hearing today. But by the grace of God, you've come through and your mind and your heart are centered on him. And so, you know, we are just uh, so grateful for what God has done and that you can share it. It is needed for such a time as this. Amen. 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 You know, Pastor, I, 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 it's, you know, like I said, some parts of my story, you know, when I start to share it, it, it wells up inside of me because I know how far God has delivered me. I know how far he's brought me. You know, I, I don't know if I told this part of my story, but about the Christmas dinner, you know, OK, there was it, it, this guy I used to get high with in Brooklyn, New York. He lived with his family. And um, this was Christmas, you know, it was Christmas uh, Eve and. And he, we were out there talking and, and I was really, really hungry and I could smell all the good food cooking inside, you know, inside of his house. And, and we had, so I said to him, I said, hey, man, can you get me something to eat, man? I'm really hungry. And I mean, I was hungry. I'm talking about hungry. See, people don't know what hungry is. They don't know what starving is, but I'm talking about hungry, like starving, like your 
stomach meeting your back. <laughs> and he goes, he said, hold on a minute. He goes inside and he comes out with a tin of corned beef. And it's not even corned beef, the real corned beef. It's a tin of corned beef hash, the one with potatoes in it. And I had no way of even opening it. It was in a tin. I went up into an abandoned building and took a knife and opened it up. And that was my Christmas dinner. Wow. Wow. My God, where God has brought you from. Let me uh, say and give you greetings from Connie. Is that your sister? Yes. My sister. sister Connie. And um, she's saying that she is so proud of you. Here's her comment. She's saying, so proud of you, my second baby brother. This is from your sister, Connie, and brother-in-law, Clean. Isn't that beautiful? And then I have another comment, obviously a wonderful supporter of you, um, Terry Cox. Your brother is asking what you did when the demons did try to get you to go back. Oh, let's let's have you answer that. Many times the demons try to get me to go back. You know, they try to they try to fool you. They come in in different forms. They come in in people form. You know, they they come and say, hey, look, man, don't worry about it. You know, I'll give you this here, man. You could have this here, you know, And, and the thought crosses your mind you know maybe nobody would know or he said hey i can tell nobody or nobody ain't gonna see you you can take it in your but i had to play that tape all the way through i had to say to myself yeah nobody would know but god sees all and if i do this one time one is too many and a thousand is never enough that's what they told me so i knew that i would need more because, see, I was the type of addict that one, well, you know, if I get one hit, I'm going to want more and I'm going to find a way by any means necessary to try to go get more. Whether it's beg, borrow, steal, rob or do whatever to get more. So I didn't want to get back to there. So the demons came on me. So that's when I either went to a meeting or I went to a, a, a church function or I fell on my knees and prayed or I listened to gospel music or I put on this headphones and listened to uh, our motivated speakers. I done all the things that would take my mind off it. First of all, I ran away from that person. I ran far away from them as I possibly could because they would take me back further than I was before. And I didn't want to go back. Wow. People are literally impressed and taken back. Uh, by your experience. Deaconess Early in DeSilver is saying, definitely needed to be heard. God bless you, Brother Matthew. Yep, needs needs to be heard. And that's why I'm grateful for the opportunity. We've got Superintendent Batter Species listening in. And so we've got folks that are rooting you on as you continue to share your story. So share on, Brother Matthew. What it's like today is is totally, totally different from the way I was. You know, today I, I can I can eat different foods. I don't have to chase a dog away from the dumpster. You know, today I don't have to sit in the park and watch someone else eat their McDonald's or their Burger King or their Kentucky Fry and watch them throw it in the garbage and go in behind them. You know, today I can put on my own clothes, my own underwear. Today, I, you know, I, I before I came, you know, I, I worked today and, and, I, and I showered and I used some of the best body wash going. You know, today I could do those things because I remember when I didn't get a shower. I remember when I couldn't get a bath. I remember one winter I was living in an abandoned building in Brooklyn and I had polyethylene up to the windows and I had to take a, a winter. Now, here it is about five or six degrees cold snow on the ground, ice on the ground, and I'm going to get a wash with some cold water in a bucket. I remember those things. But today, I don't have to live like that no more. 
Amen. I remember weighing 130 pounds with three sets of clothes on. And I'm going to say it. I weighed myself last couple of days ago and I weighed 224 pounds. I need to call it a little diet, but praise <laughs> God, I've got weight on today. Because I was like so skinny. I, I looked like death. Keep it real. I look like death. And and you know what? I, I mentioned it to someone today. Brother Matthew, it seems as if, and I think you will confirm, when people get caught up in smoking or drinking or drugs, they don't see how their looks change. Oh, it's no, so obvious to me, to us. Talk to me. Oh, absolutely. You know, we still see, and that, and that's, you know, we, we're trying to perpetrate a fraud at that point. You know, we're not, we're, we're thinking that we look okay and, and all that, but we look really, really bad. You know, I've seen one or two pictures of the way I was when I was out there. I mean, my face was all sunk in. I was skinny. I mean, you know, today I wear my pants are like 42. My pants was, I didn't even know, you know, I had three or more, three sets of clothes on. So I, you know, they, they don't really know you know, how bad it is. And and also, they don't seek medical attention. They don't go and get a physical. So they don't know what disease is. And I just praise God that none of that happened to me. You know, I never got none of those, those diseases that were out there, you know, um, even from all the intravenous drug use, even from the skin popping, even from, you know, smoking a pipe behind someone else who had HIV. You know, God truly was blessing and watching over me through all of that. I just, you know, it, it amazes me when I can look at it today, you know, and I can go get a COVID test or I can go get a, a blood test or I, and the doctor says, you're okay. It's just, it's, it, it baffles me. And I can look at other young, like I said, five of my closest friends are all dead. They're all dead. Mm. So God spared my life for a reason. And I truly believe it's to spread the gospel. Amen. Good news. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like Queen Esther in the Bible, you know, for such a time as this, why will God spare you? Why will God have it that when every circumstance spoke that you should be dead, you should be out of your mind, you, you should be diseased, all this type of stuff. Yet God said, no, he said, my hand is upon that one for a particular work. And he, he doesn't see it. But again, I knitted him in his mother's womb. And so I know what's in him. And God, he holds you and he holds back death. Pastor, when you're saying that, you know, I'm, I'm standing here and you, you might not see it, but I'm getting chills all over. My Lord, you know, I, and I know it's a spirit. I know it. I truly know it. But just when you say that, it brings back some of those things that happened. And I'm looking back and saying, why didn't that guy pull the trigger? You know, why did that in Jamaica that 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 bullet just hit my head and just kept going? You know, I'm saying to myself, why did in jail that guys? You know, I, did I tell the story about in jail where the guy tried to try to shank me? I don't even know if I told that part. Tell it again. You know, I was in jail and this guy wrote a note. This guy, his name is Victor. I wish I would have brought the poem with me. You know, um, Victor shared a cell with me and we used to share a Bible, you know, right? And uh, he, he was Spanish and he spoke Spanish and he knew that the Latin, the Latin kings, you know, were, were they're a big gang and they, you know, they run part of the prison. And over a, a cigarette, this guy wanted to kill me. 
And I didn't know it, but Victor wrote this note and he said, in the morning you go, when you go uh, to breakfast, you go up by the officer. When you come back, you, you go up by the officer. Don't, you know, share this note with nobody. Don't tell nobody nothing. And I, you know, crunched it up and put it in my mouth, chewed it up and I swallowed it. As I was going to breakfast, I, you know, stood in line there and I went by the office and I went out and on my way back, we stand in line before they put us in our cells. This guy called me and I started to step back like that to, to go to the guy. And I remembered the note and, and I said, no, no, I'll talk to you later. And the guy snatched my arm and the other guy tried to shank me with a shank in my side and he missed it. and the officers gripped him. And this guy was pulling on me, pulling on me. He had to put me in protective custody after that because I would have been dead in prison over a cigarette. What can we say? It's as clear as can be that God said, I need your testimony. You've made choices and there have been consequences. Yet Bermuda and the world need to understand that even when we make wrong choices and experience the consequences of our choices, this does not change God's purpose for your life. And if you yield to God's spirit, you'll see everything working out for your good. And you'll understand why the enemy was desperate to take you out by hook or crook, take you out of you know, the will of God. Some of the pleasures that I have now is that my mother's passed, but my mother saw me clean, sober, born again. My mother saw me. I remember one one day, you know, right there by People's Pharmacy, as you turn the corner, I was coming from by BIU and I was high out of my head. What we call geeking, bugging out, you know, and I turned the corner and I went smack that into my mom. And my mom said, get away from me. You're not my child. I don't bring a child in this world that does things like this. And I, I felt ashamed, but I was so high. I didn't really care. You know what I mean? But when my mom saw me sober. And she saw me for the first time speaking at, at the Chamber of Commerce. I spoke at the Chamber of Commerce as an authoritative person on drug rehab. She said, that's my child. That's my son. You know, she stood up and, and she, she was so proud. And, and that made me feel so good that my mom saw me. And God bless her today. You know what I mean? Because she saw me before she passed. She saw me clean and sober. And soundness of mind. And that's value more than any money, more than anything else. Those are what I'm speaking about. And that's why I want anyone that hears me can that's done in a gutter, know that they can get up and walk right, act right, do right, and no longer be called a crackhead or a junkie or, or this or that, be called Mr. or Mrs. Yes, sir. Holy yeah. Mr. Matthew today. That's right. Soon to be deacon. Soon to be deacon. Yeah. I tell you, won't God do it? Yes, he will. And, you know, we certainly want to thank God that your mom, that she got to, with her own eyes, see with pride, with motherly pride and godly pride. She's got a church with us, Pastor. You, oh, you, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful woman of God. Yes. And just as dicty and dainty as can be. Yes, and she was right there in church a few times, uh, mm -hmm. worshiping God with you, enjoying yes. the spirit. And I personally really was blessed a part of why i was blessed was because she could see the house and the anointing that you're under and know that you're in safe care yes that we are certainly going to see that god's purposes for your life unfold as god would have them to amen god god bless you as you continue to share we appreciate it sister eunice lightborn saying praise god for his mercy yes then we have our deaconess dallas God kept you through it all. Oh, yes. 
Then Deaconess Muriel, I'll read some of hers. Here it is. The little things make such a difference. Thank God for deliverance and also using soap, which we take for granted. Okay. Continue to speak how God has brought you through. Someone needs to hear this. Thank God you are here to share your story. And then, um, yep, folks are commenting. Wow. And woo-hoo, woo-hoo, you know, woohoo belongs to only one person again, woohoo like that. <laughs> Angela. Yeah. Amen. So no small thing what you're doing. So many would hide in shame. Uh, so many would think, well, I'm going to bring shame. No, no, no. It's the opposite. You bring glory. You bring glory to the kingdom of God because you're telling the miracle that God did. Hello. You know, you know, also, pastors, it just just came to my mind. You know, I remember when I was out there using drugs, I, I didn't pick up a book to read like that. Anyway, but since I've been sober, the thirst for knowledge, the thirst for the spiritual part of God's word, the thirst for life. And when I say the thirst for it, I mean, you can't get enough of it. You know, and sometimes I'll be talking to people and we'll be there and we talking about the Holy Spirit. And I just started singing and shouting. And they look at me and I say, well, if you know what I know, what God has done for me, you'll be sitting up here singing and shouting and dancing, too. <laughs> yes, sir. The glory of God. <laughs> I, I had to share that part because sometimes I just get happy. Sometimes That's I just right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Let me read another comment here. From our deaconess early in the silver, she's saying, you mentioned that your looks changed. I smiled because we worked together and I did not recognize you when we reconnected. How about that? Yes. All, all areas of you change. Your features change. Your attitude changes. Your outlook changes. Your thinking changes. Every part that threefold your mind, body and soul change. Mm-hmm. Your whole DNA changes. You know, when God comes in, he works a, a whirlwind inside of you. He changes all of that. He He just, you know, we, we often in this COVID time, we're talking about RNA and DNA. and But God changes all of that. Come on, sir. It's all of that he changes. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's, that's why the Christian during this time, we, we're concerned and we're careful, but we ain't going to go crazy on it. No, 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 no. Because God is in control. Yes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. I'm I'm just delighting and worshiping and praising God right along with you as I can see the picture of your story as it encourages myself and those tuned in. Yeah, Eunice just saying this is beautiful. When God delivers, there's beauty. When God saves, there's beauty. When God heals, there's beauty. And that's what we hear in your story, Brother Matt. And it's absolute. It's absolute. There's no halfway stuff. You know, if I had if I had continued to and, and I have to say this because, you know, I know some people in, 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 in the system out there and some people in the in the hierarchy of, of governments and all that might not like what I, you know, their, their system is, you know, you got to do it like this, sir. But they forget the main ingredient. Is God. All right. If I if I had continued to do that and just went to those meetings like that and I used to do them almost religiously, you know, night after night after night after night, day after day after day. But you know what? I, I found out that, you know, it was only sufficing me so much, but I still had a little emptiness inside. 
And that emptiness couldn't get, couldn't get quite get filled. And I was wondering why it was still nagging at me. But the spirit, the spirit was still guiding me and telling me, you know, you got to find the right place, the right home to sit and become a part of instead of a part from. <laughs> and, and I knew that, like I said earlier, nothing happens in God's world by mistake. And I met a member of our church in Gorms. And just what they said, Turn me around and say, and what church do you go to? And they said, Shekinah. I said, I'm coming to visit you. And I came two weeks later. I was in Shekinah and I haven't left since. And I, I'm blessed for that. That's a good member right there. Thank you, Jim. I, I, you know, and, and they are a worship leader. You know, you're giving it away now. <laughs> and I was just, I'm just so, I'm just so. Overwhelmed. I'm just so I'm just so honored and privileged. Amen. It's an honor and a privilege because, see, you know, sometimes we, we take things for granted. And I can't take anything for granted today. You know, I, I'm living today. I mean, living, not existing, because when I was out there using drugs, I was existing. You know, it was nothing but survival in the streets. I had to learn how to survive. Today, I'm living. Today, I don't have to worry about looking over my shoulder to see if someone's going to hit me in the back of my head because something I've done. Or if I'm driving or riding down the road, someone knocks me off my bike because something I've stolen from. I've made amends. And amends, you know, those amends that I made were genuine amends, not just lip service. You know, Very good. somebody else without looking for something in return. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that... Those things are priceless, Pastor. Priceless. Yes. yes. Yep. I, I love that you said that you made amends where you could um, tie up loose ends and also being a witness, a kingdom witness, that when God does something for you, he gives you an opportunity as much as possible to repent, um, to do whatever you may need to do. Uh, everyone's story is different. And yet God gives that opportunity so that as you walk forward, it's clean, it's real, and it's it's non-hypocritical. And so I'm blessed by that. Now I'm going to share, and I know we're not going to get to finish this, but let me share with the audience, our social media folks here, some of the newspaper items. Because um, we're going to get to the part where you're in Bermuda. And you're beginning to be used, called upon, but it's not always going to be easy. Not in BDA. Now let's take a look at some of these pictures. I'll go through them. Mm-hmm. And, and this is you get off, still getting off drugs ASAP. Mm-hmm. Rehab center sparks rival petitions. Oh boy, the island of Bermuda, where we say we want to help everyone. Expert beware the rise of hallucinogenic drugs. Mm-hmm. All right. Needed a Bermuda solution. No place like Bermuda, I'm telling you. Some other pictures here. New Sober House offers recovering drug addicts a space to stay clean. Okay. So these are a collage uh, of the articles that you have uh, been a part of the main story of. Let me say this, because I this will take us into our part four when you get back. Um, in, in that we say we want people healed, we want people recovered and whole, 
But I don't think Bermuda supports it as much as we do. We say the lip service. And you haven't gone into any details with me. I'm saying this from what I see, and then I'm going to hear what you have to say. To me, the toughest thing is for a person such as yourself, qualified in a number of ways, to offer the government the solution or whomever the solution. It makes you question whether we really want people delivered off of drugs, delivered off of this and that. You know, so at least we've got another 10 minutes here. You can begin telling me about how did you get to be asked about solutions and why you're not doing it now? That's the basic question. Talk to us. Okay, first of all, I want to say that, you know, we have a mindset about recovering and the recovering part, meaning you're always recovering. No, I have recovered from active use. I have recovered from the mind mood altering substance. I have recovered from active addiction. I'm no longer recovering. If I'm still recovering, I'm still sick. I'm no longer sick. I am cured of the disease of addiction. Which some people don't like to hear that. You see, because God don't do job halfway. He does the job all the way. See, and, and a lot of times we're in that mindset of that. So therefore, some people don't like when I say that. I'm not going to dispute that the programs don't work. I'm not going to say that, you know, get rid of them. But I'm saying this, and, and mind you, I'm saying this because they know out there my work that I've done here. I've had people come up against the stuff that I've done and have accused me of relapsing where I had to go get hair follicle samples to 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 uh, uh, exonerate me, to give me back my position. I've had people accuse me of, of a whole lot of things. And, you know, that is some of the things. When I was opening that rehab in 2007, long before Nelson Bascom's up there, matter of fact, Nelson sat in that same place and he honored it. He said, this was awesome. He said, but you know, they're not going to want you to open it. He told me that out of his own, and he was a member of parliament at the time. He said, not, and they did, they put blocks on me. They knew I was paying $7,000 a month for this building. And they were blocking me. They took all my savings. They took, they knew what they were doing. Two weeks after I said, I finally, I had enough. I can't do any more. They told me, oh, well, we're just going to give it to you. I don't believe that. But so often I done and worked with people that wanted me to help them to open different programs. Like I said, they flew me to Canada, flew me to Bellwood, they flew me to Pennsylvania, they flew me all over the country to bring back the knowledge and bring back the ideas of opening other rehabs. And I did. I was one of the one of the first people to help open up Karen Bermuda, you know, and I went to Karen Warnsfield, Pennsylvania. We brought back the knowledge of how we should open up Karen Bermuda. That went long. You know, I've worked at other different organizations. But the rehab that I was opening up was called Trust Recovery. The articles are there, been printed in the, in the newspaper. People brought up petitions. Now, you can see the one that you brought up there was about people or the petition, Sparks Rival. One of the ladies and gentlemen that was part of that rival was down at the airport. Their daughter was coming in with her boyfriend. And the man standing up there is saying, well, I hope they don't come in high. I'm so sick and tired of them high. I wish they could do something. One of the people he was standing up there said, well, you should see that guy, Ken Matthew. He probably can help them. And he said, that man's familiar when he found out he was one of the ones that was objecting to the program that I was trying to open up. 
Now that's the way things were. But yet, he called me on the phone. He had me come up and speak with his daughter. I ended up putting his daughter in rehab, taking her over to rehab in the United States, putting them in rehab. He was flying me back and forth. Wow, you talk about your enemies becoming your footstool. Wow. So it, it, it was different situations that, that, that occurred many times. And it's just not one, it's many times. You know, um, why am I doing it today? I feel that God is leading me in another direction. And I believe that now that I'm under your tutelage here at Shekinah, I believe that Shekinah has such a, a, a way of getting out to the world. And I believe that this is an avenue that you can help guide me in because sometimes the individual who has a story needs to help have someone else help him to put it out there. And my story, I don't believe would have gotten out there otherwise than if I weren't here at Shekinah. You know, I believe my story would have, I, because I was so hurt and so devastated by some of the things that happened, I just said, I'm finished with counseling, I'm finished with drug counseling. You know, um, I've worked in the prison system, you know, and I've helped a number of young men in the prison system. I've worked out in the community helping them. But if someone walks up to me and I'll say, surely let me help you. But I believe now that I, I'm here. I believe that other things are going to open up. I believe that other things are going to happen. You know, I've had people that were ready to help and people that were uh, genuine. But there are some people in the system that didn't want. Because, see, there is so much money in drugs and drug rehabilitation. There's so many. And, and, the, and the Bible says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Don't say money is evil. It says for the love of it is for the love of money, because if you love something that much, you worship it. And a lot of people worship money and that's becomes their idol. And therefore, in this in this rehabilitation thing, I think a lot of times sometimes money is put into it and, and the people are looking at how much money someone to make or, or organization is going to make. And a lot of it is. They're perpetrating a fraud. I'm going to be very honest. I mean, I'm going to get some flack from part of this. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not worrying about it. I'm not worrying about it today because, hey. see, they can't hurt me no more. That's you know right. I mean? They can't hurt me any longer. But and I will. Right. But I'm being real because that's what yeah. needs to be said. You know, it needs to be said that, you know, you don't need to be going down to a place and, you know, and you're on methadone. And instead of decreasing your methadone, they're increasing your methadone. So they're keeping you coming because they know that if they decrease some of the methadone, you know, they, they say that you're going to go out there. No, but if you got God in your life and you stop using methadone, you stop using drugs, you will no longer go out there, beg, borrow, rob, and steal. You start getting your life together. But they are too afraid that if you're if the program stop getting all these people, the money will stop coming. The My money mind. will stop. That's the, real, that's the reality of it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. There, there's money in debilitation. Uh, there's, there's, there's money in big pharma. We know that. And this is a, an off branch of that. How do we keep people addicted? How do we act like we're treating them, but we're not treating pharmaceutical, them? The pharmaceutical companies want you, they don't, they, they don't, they don't want you to get cured. They want to keep treating you. So you keep buying the pharmaceuticals. Exactly. You know, By the place of God, we believe in deliverance. Glory to God. Amen. We believe in the miracle of healing. Amen. Doesn't have to be a cycle. No, 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 no. The Holy Spirit can break it. And that's why your story, your life story is being told. Because somebody in the wee hours of some morning may be listening to that TV station, may come across the YouTube of this story and may get it finally. 
that they don't have to be in the shape that they're in, that God's hand, the potter's hand, wants to put them back together again. Amen. Amen. I had two aspirins. That's all I had was two aspirins. And that was in my detox. When I first came into my detox and I was urinating, defecating on myself and all that, I had two aspirins. No methadone, no trucksone, no nothing. None of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that if God can do it for me, as far down as I was, I was involved with some Colombians in Boston. I don't, I don't even want to talk about the Colombian part of it. So I knew that, like I said, the, the statute of limitations probably haven't run out on some of the stuff. So I know that if as far down as I was born, that if God can bring me back from the brinks of death, where I am today, standing here delivering my story and letting you know the, the caterpillar goes through all that metamorphs in that cocoon and he comes out to be a butterfly, but the moral of that story is the butterfly don't hang out with the caterpillars no more. <laughs> and I don't hang out with them people, places, and things no more. No, sir. Wow. Beautiful. I'm, I'm going to put the brakes on here. And it looks like we're going to come back one more time. Again, because you've still got some sharing to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're not going to race it at all. And so these bites of your story are tremendous. Uh, Brother Matthew, Deacon and Training Matthew, uh, please know that, again, I appreciate you. This, this to me is amazing. You know, and we're going to be doing that on location talk. Yes. Yes. Uh, this this is right down my alley to promote a kingdom story. And listen, I will never be too busy when it comes to the kingdom. And for me to deny you this, I will be denying heaven the reason why your life was spared. It's for a time right here, right now. This is real. And so God bless you for your hearing of tonight. And we will catch you on the next time that we share. I delight to be with you. Thank you so much, Pastor. And as I always say, give my greetings to your lovely wife. I will do. Thank you so kindly. Absolutely. Great night. God bless. Thank you. God bless you. Amen. Wow, folks, there you have it. I I mean, really. Uh, you know, I'm just bowled over. I consider who am I that God would use me? Yet that's what he does. <laughs> he uses the least of us. And, and as Brother Deacon and Training Matthew said, he takes us from, you know, the larva to the pupa to the adult, from the caterpillar to the butterfly. And we're seeing these in a whole new light where we can fly. Fly not from being high on man-made products and injurious ingredients, but we're flying high by the spirit that God has saved our lives for such a time as this. And so thank you again, as always, for tuning in. And the next time uh, we'll meet and we'll have our part four and continue to hear uh, the glorious story of how God took our brother Kenneth Matthew from the bottom to the top. Only our God can do it. And he will do it. He has no respect to our persons. What he's done for me, what he's done for our brother, he will do the same for you. Amen. God bless you. Have a good evening and a good night. And, you know, we're keeping it real. 
This is absolutely keeping it real. And you know who I am. I'm Dr. Maria and just delighted to be used of God. Folks, blessings. Blessings. Bye-bye.